Hi, this is Dr. Bill Renner. I myself am board certified in internal medicine and radiology and am honored to moderate a series of podcasts focused on topical event-based health and wellness issues and opportunities featuring Dr. Alan Safdie. Dr. Allen is trained to fill the white spaces inside your head. He is board certified in internal medicine and gastroenterology and a fellow of the American College of Gastroenterology. In addition to achieving a position and acclaim in his primary field, visits to India, Africa, Vietnam, Cambodia, and Cuba to study and lecture on healthcare have led him to become laser focused on the preventive medicine and wellness, not just illness and treatment. And he lives the need to incorporate diet, exercise, and alternative approaches into wellness. The information is sourced only from peer-reviewed, evidence-based research. Dr. Allen himself has been principal investigator in about 300 clinical research studies and is co-investigator in about 900 clinical research studies to date and has lectured all around the world. Dr. Allen firmly believes everyone is entitled to his own opinion but not his own facts. Dr. Allen and my regular medical podcasts are featured on Apple. The subject of today's uh, talk is going to be uh, vegetarians. And vegetarians date back to uh, ancient uh, Greece. Uh, veganism, however, is relatively new and dates back to London in about 1944. Uh, Alan, let's talk about vegetarian diet. Which is healthier, vegetarian or a Mediterranean diet? Well, that's interesting, Bill, and hopefully we can go through a lot of this today. Um, you know, one of the things people always ask, first of all, are vegetarians healthier? And, you know, overall, there's about 3.3% of the U.S. adults consider themselves vegetarians, of whom nearly half are actually vegans. And we'll go through the difference between a vegetarian and a vegan in a minute. And most vegetarians are young adults who conform to this lifestyle either for health reasons, personal beliefs, or a combination of either of those. Um, so people choose to become vegetarians, as I said, for a variety of reasons. And they're looking to prevent disease, treat disease, um, and some of them think of it because of ethical issues uh, like world hunger or cruelty to animals. So we have a lot of populations that are vegetarian. Seventh-day Adventists uh, advocate a strict vegetarian diet. Um, a lot of people recognize that plant-based diets can be cheaper than ones that contain meat, easier to farm, less land needed. Others enjoy the flavor or mix of vegetarian dishes. Um, so what we need to look at is, you know, what truly is a vegetarian? So let's just get some of the definitions out. A flexitarian mostly follows a no meat diet, but occasionally eats red meat, poultry, or fish, or seafood, maybe one to two times per week. A pescatarian um, follows a kind of a semi-vegetarian diet by not including red meat, not including poultry, but doesn't eat, but does eat seafood. Then we have a lacto-ovo vegetarian, or just what we call a vegetarian, um, that will avoid red meat, poultry, seafood, um, but consumes eggs and dairy food like milk, cheese, and yogurt. And most vegetarians in the United States, including myself, I've been a vegetarian for 30-something years, 
fit into that category of a lacto-ovo vegetarian. Uh, my wife fits into a pescatarian, so she's predominantly a vegetarian, predominantly plant-based, but does eat some fish. Um, and then a vegan strictly avoids all animal-derived products, including red meat, poultry, fish, animal milk, milk products. Um, so they completely avoid those um, in their diet. And then there are some other ones we won't discuss, like fruitarians and things. So which is healthier, you know, a Mediterranean diet um, or a vegetarian diet? The Mediterranean diet is consistently, I mean, always in every study, consistently heralded as one of the most healthy and healthful eating styles. Um, so it's predominantly vegetarian. It's heavy on produce, heavy on nuts, heavy on whole grains, heavy on olive oil. And if they eat protein, it's a lean protein, um, but it's light on red meat, processed foods. They avoid processed foods and they avoid refined sugars. So I would think that's an extremely healthy diet. Um, if you're going to eat meats, it's lighter on the meats, lighter on the poultry, heavy on the vegetables, olive oil, but really avoiding the things we all need to avoid, which is processed foods and refined sugars. If there's two things we all need to avoid, it's those two things. Um, so there's a recent study that compared vegetarians' diets. Um, this was published in circulation um, by some Italian researchers, a vegetarian diet versus a Mediterranean diet. And they yeah, and, and for those who don't know, circulation is one of the major uh, journals of the, uh, of the American College of uh, cardiology. Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, it's extremely well-regarded, peer-reviewed, and we'll discuss further peer-reviewed, but you'll see a lot of stuff that's in journals that's not peer-reviewed or made-up journals, and they say, we published our data in these journals, but they're not independently reviewed by experts in the field. So half of this group started on a Mediterranean diet. So this is a prospective study. I mean, we're starting here. We can follow everybody very carefully. And the others started on a lacto-ovo-vegetarian diet, uh, the one that I follow, uh, which eliminates meat and fish but includes eggs and dairy. After three months, they switched. And then they followed people, you know, through this. And what happened is both diets, not one being superior to the other, were good for people's heart health, but in different ways. The vegetarian diet led to a substantial drop in bad cholesterol. And that contributes LDL cholesterol. That contributes to the plaque buildup, these little calcified plaques that build up in your arteries, which is the risk factor for heart attacks and strokes. The Mediterranean diet led to a greater drop in triglycerides, which can be risk factor for the same conditions, but in different ways. So combining these diets, I think, you know, is one better than the other? Um, probably not. Uh, but they're both very similar, and they're both heavy on whole grains, both heavy on produce, legumes, and nuts. Um, and vegetarians make up for the loss of meat and fish with extra beans, nuts, and eggs uh, in the study. So they both got in a fair amount of protein. So I think that, you know, you don't have to follow a vegetarian diet. You could look at a Mediterranean diet. And, and Bill, do you know what the new Nordic diet is? Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't heard that. Tell, tell me about that. I mean, it's similar in, to Mediterranean, but the Nordic populations uh, live in an area where they can't really have all these vibrant colors and other things. 
So their diet is somewhat different. Um, and it's called the New Nordic Diet. And what it includes is small amounts of dairy with a focus on low-fat milk products, oily fish, such as salmon, herring. If they eat game, it's wild game, such as low-fat elk. Lots of vegetables, but theirs are more root and cruciferous vegetables, dark greens, apples and pears. And if you've ever been to these areas, lingonberries and bilberries, all these dark berries are included, and whole grains. So similar but adapted for where they're growing things. So the new Nordic diet has very similar results. Um, so if you want to eat like a Viking, you know, you eat more fruits and vegetables, more homemade foods, again, avoiding simple sugars, processed foods, more whole grains, uh, particularly whole grain oats, rye, barley, more seafood, less meat, organically grown foods, forage foods, gathering wild foods, foods with no additives, uh, foods according to see, uh, season, and foods that have less packaging, so they have less ultra-processed foods. So those are things that we need to consider focusing on. Um, you know, as, as you become a vegetarian. And then there's certain risks. I mean, there are risks to being a vegetarian. There's a lot of vegetarians that are unhealthy. So there's... Uh, yes, I think we should talk about, uh, especially vegan diet. Uh, I've seen at least two patients that developed a vitamin B deficiency. One uh, played in the uh, symphony, in the symphony orchestra here in Cincinnati and became severely, um, severely, uh, B12 deficient to the point that he was no longer able to move his hands and arms. And by the time this was diagnosed, uh, it was too late. It was irreversible. And he he uh, can no longer play in the symphony. So uh, maybe you could uh, comment on that. Yeah. I, it's, you know, so remember the difference between a vegan and a vegetarian, a lacto-ovo vegetarian. Um, so there's many documented health benefits of veganism. Um but it does have its drawbacks, as you mentioned. So a well-balanced vegan diet is healthy because um, you have all these whole foods, vegetables, fruit intake. And the benefits include you know, lowering cholesterol, lipid levels, blood pressure, weight, reduced risk for obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer. Um, but as you mentioned, nutrient concerns including lack of calcium, lack of vitamin D, lack of iron, and B vitamins, particularly vitamin B12, um, can be a problem, especially in vegans. So calcium, as we know, is necessary for bone health. And although vegans can fulfill daily calcium requirements by a, by a variety of vegetable consumption, um, calcium supplements may be required in those people. Vitamin D, um, again, vitamin D is fortified in a lot of things, mainly in cow's milk. Um, other things, soy milk, rice milk, breakfast cereals, also fortified. Uh, but if they don't eat cereal, they may become deficient. Most of us are deficient in vitamin D anyway. And vitamin D is not just for bone health. Uh, it also helps with cognitive function, may have a decrease in Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's. Uh, other B vitamins, as you mentioned, riboflavin, uh, B2. Um, which helps metabolize carbohydrates into glucose. We may be deficient in that, um, that B vitamin that's necessary, especially in a vegan diet. Um, so you need, someone may need to consume nutritional yeast, wheat germ, mushrooms, 
leafy green vegetables, avocados, mushrooms, almonds, things like that, um, to get up to sufficient levels such as the omnivores like you are. Uh, zinc, which is even now with COVID-19 is very important, we're finding. That's an important player in our immune system and contributes to cell growth. Uh, and although zinc levels are high in a vegan-friendly food, such as whole grains, uh, the bioavailability may not be as great. So it's something we may need to look at. Uh, vegetarians have lower levels of total zinc as well as plasma zinc concentrations. Uh, should they, vegetarians, especially vegans, should they supplement their diet with supplements such as vitamin uh, supplements or B vitamin supplements or vitamin D supplements? Well, it, it's well, most people should have their vitamin D monitored. Uh, the 25 hydroxy vitamin D should all be monitored. And then, you know, zinc is something you should always talk to your physician about. Too much is bad as is in vitamin D. Too much is bad and too little is bad. Um, so it's something to take a look at the diet. Uh, over time, vegetarians and vegans may adapt to their lower zinc absorption by compensating for that. Uh, they may have lower excretion. but it's, So it may not be necessary for zinc. Vitamin D, I would be surprised if they're in the normal range. Um, other B vitamins we can monitor. B12 we can monitor. Uh, choline, which is essential for nutrient required for neurocognition and liver function. And most Americans fail to consume enough choline. Vegans are at higher risk um, for choline because it's mainly found in eggs, meat, and milk. So the health consequences of that are we're not really sure at this time. So B12, you should always talk to your doctor about that. It's something that can be monitored. Uh, a lot of the B vitamins can be monitored. Uh, and B vitamins are, if you, as long as you have normal gastric epithelium and secretion of intrinsic factor in your stomach, can absorb that in the supplement form if it's low. So always talk to your physicians, talk to them about your diet, but again, there are certain risks, you know, calcium, vitamin D, B12, B2, um, zinc, and choline are the ones I predominantly worry about. All right, Alan, this has really been a fascinating uh, session. Um, your knowledge is just really uh, uh, impressive on uh, on nutrition, and uh, um, I'm sure that's why uh, Cornell University uh, Medical School has invited you back several times to give uh I think this is the only uh, nutritional course in the United States for uh, doctors. So uh, uh, thank you so much uh, for spending the time uh, to discuss this great topic with us. And if you like this, if you like these podcasts, uh, please subscribe um, to uh, our uh, podcast and tell your friends about the podcast. Alan, do you have any comments? No, I appreciate it. And everybody stay safe. <laughs>